With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Again, everybody, it is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly for Tony Wink, PJ Duran. I'm Scott Casper, thanking Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson and T Boy. Uh, get better soon, my friend. Jack and Leanne De Leon producing this program on behalf of Evergreen Podcast Productions. Yeah, we're a radio show, but you can listen to us online as well. Bobby Fong, Johnny Lewis, Colton Haker, all populated hour number one. Coming up, Bryce Prince, Jeff May. I will tell you this. Last Thursday, my mother, uh, and, and Tony, you've, you've suffered through your family members uh, having bouts with cancer and actually taking the life of, of uh, or lives, I should say, of your family members. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have. And, and my mother was suffering from brain cancer. Her bucket list included a tattoo. She wanted to get a tattoo. I don't know why. Who really? Am I? Yeah, she wanted a tattoo. So hospice picked her up and took her out to Warrior... Uh, tattoo out in Waukee, Iowa. How old is she? Uh, 78. That's awesome. Okay. She get a tram stamp or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's plenty of room to work back there, but no, she got it on her arm. She got a calla lily, which is her favorite flower, and uh, no charge. And a couple of the other hospice workers, by the way, also got the same uh, tattoo in recognition of my mother. Really? But That's yeah, neat. and it was uh, on Channel 13 last night on the news. That's cool. cool. And, yeah. And uh, as much as you know, I love my mom, but uh, she's been just a rock. And if you want to see somebody fighting for their very life, look at a cancer survivor like my mom and yeah. somebody that currently is suffering. There's no more treatment left. But, um, yeah, I'm going to make sure she gets everything she wants for the balance of her life because, you know what, I would hope somebody would do the same for me. I know you did for your pop, your stepmom, et cetera, Tony, but it's it's a son of a gun. Cancer is not, you know, any fun for anybody. I don't mean to start the, off, the hour off in a negative way because it wasn't negative. It was very positive. She had a ball. She had a ball. She didn't even know she was getting a tattoo. When it was over, she <laughs> Toughest was, lady at hospice now. <laughs> Toughest lady at hospice. Well, I don't think she has any feeling in the right side of her body, but oh. the point is she was going, and we're done? <laughs> if I see the needle on a on a, uh, a tattoo gun, I'll guarantee you I'll faint, and then you could do the tattoo. It's not but that bad. Big thanks to our friends at uh, Waukee-based uh, warrior tattoo out there and the owner he did the tattoo himself and what a great job he did so thank you very much tony all right uh we had a a nice first hour we had colton haker on who is the 2019 uh maxis fim world super enduro champion and i hadn't seen the release that there's going to be three rounds and if it's if it's got perinard name on it it's going to work he's he's the he, I believe he's one of the best promoters in the motorcycle business. He's made that series something. Yeah, he's so good. I mean, he's he's a he's the guy that had um, he does the uh, the the Bercy Supercross. He does um, the U.S. Open of Supercross. Remember that race? He's done a ton of them. He did the Hawaii Supercross that Brayton raced at the week before he came to our place or my place, and then. Uh, um, yeah, it's, this, it's our place. He's yeah, okay. Our place. Oh, I owe you money for that, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then um, let's see. We had oh, we had JL10, Johnny Lewis on, who's 
longtime fly tracker, still very, very involved. And, and that's pretty neat that AFT uses him as a uh, an, uh, uh, technical advisor. Yeah, an advisor. And then we had Bobby Fong on, who is currently in second place in the Moto America Super Sports Series. So we had a good hour number one. If you we missed did. any part of it, you can go back and find it. PitPassMoto.com, or you can, uh, we have the podcast and the. Uh, Still on iTunes as well. Yep, all the Stitcher, good business. all the Sprecher, all that. Hour number two, we're going to have Bryce Prince on, a uh, fast road racer. And then we're going to have, up next, we have the fastest mortgage banker in the world. In the world. Last time there was some controversy about this because uh, I think I think it was you, PJ. I misspoke. Yeah, I you, said the fastest in the U.S. I was corrected by one Jeff May. And it's it's a you know rated by the National Currency Exchange, so I think we know this, right? Um, <laughs> I want to talk about Geoff May joins us now. Yeah, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're apparently having some fun at your expense, so pardon us. There's more apparently, to come. Just sit and, back and, and listen. And your your mothers, your uh, coworkers, are going to a very bad place. I was listening in on that. Say say that again. I said your coworkers there are going to a very bad place talking about your mother and her tramps. Oh, I'm sorry. Dude. Oh well, oh, hey, well, that's I mean, that's just Tony tramps. I, you I, know, I, my I, mom would actually find a great deal of humor in that. I'm sure she would. She's yeah. less than five foot tall. She's Italian. She's a fighter. I said she's the toughest lady at the at the hospice. Now that's what I would call her <laughs> from here on out. For sure. It's, what are you doing, Jeff? Hanging out, talking to you guys. What are y'all doing? We were wondering, what do you got? Have you got any more two wheel action happening this season? Uh, we are all kind of you wet. You wet the whistle there at Daytona. Yeah, man, I'm all in. I'm uh, I'm racing the Moto America Stock 1000 series. Hang on, I got a I got a call from Ameris Bank. Hang on just a second. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> we're talking you, to their you, we're you, talking you, to their you, representative. <laughs> My uh, my sponsor or my employer because they're one and the same. Yes, <laughs> one and the same, baby. And uh, is that working out pretty well? I mean, it's it's not altogether common the arrangement you've got, um, and it's a very good one. Clearly, you're bringing value that they find worth uh, you know supporting. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going really well actually. You know, they, they believe in me, and it's not just me; it's the all their employees. You know, whether in the triathlons or you know. Um, any any charitable stuff as well, and they just really get behind their employees. And, Pretty cool. You know, I've just I, I feel so blessed that they're they're on board and you know letting me live out a dream. Still, man, I just turned thirty nine last week and um, won the stock one thousand race. I didn't think I'd ever be standing on top of a pro podium again. You know, I, I thought my racing days were kind of over in that sense, and it's just you know something to do as a hobby, but. Um, yeah, you know, the support of Ameris Bank and my wife. Uh, I'm going to do the rest of the Moto America Stock 1000 series. And, you know, I was, you know, I was thinking about that. races I can win. I was thinking about that the other day, and, and I don't know, and I, I wasn't sure how old you are, but I is that some kind of a record? Like you're the oldest guy to win that class? or? Mm, you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, because the class has morphed over the years. You know, it used to be 750. Super stock, right? Seven fifty super sport, and then it, you know morphed into one thousand stock class. And pretty much during that time, you had Ben Spees, cleaned house. Well, you know what? Aaron Yates might have been the oldest. I don't know. You might have to look look that up. Because hmm. Aaron was won uh, the two thousand five championship, and then he was my teammate in 08, I believe he won the championship again. 
Hmm. Was that on the? Was that in the uh, Jordan uh, Suzuki days? Yeah, he he won it on the Jordan Suzuki days in 2008. So he could have potentially been older at that point than I than I was this past weekend when I won. Just uh, for the record, that's what we call the good old days. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the glory days. The glow when Michael Jordan was was uh, fielding a team that was. There were a lot of really good teams. Uh, Tons of pre them. pre oh eight uh, pre oh nine really oh eight. The money was already there. Um, you know, at the time it was just normal. Uh, you know, looking back on it now, it's like wow, those were the glory days. You know, it was amazing. But at the time, we all just thought it was normal. You you think the sport will ever see that? I mean, there's there's guys, young guys in the sport that you know are are, are clawing real hard for a paycheck that that aren't that are never going to see. Maybe I'm not going to say never, but they they uh, have never seen the paychecks that some of you guys enjoyed back in those days. I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, I hate to say it. Um, I think the sport's definitely coming back. I think what Moto America is doing great. The TV coverage is amazing. But it was just a a time period where everything came together. America was selling a ton of sport bikes, and yes. you know the salaries were justified i mean if you look at any other sport with baseball players basketball players but they all make it all you know it's even way more than what maladin and speed and hacking to gates all those guys made um but it was it was on par with what was being sold and the accessories and everything along with it in the sport at that time i, I don't know if sport bikes will ever be that popular again well jeff, jeff I, th I think you're drawing an interesting correlation here and it's a hot topic in sports radio these days and that is uh, the decline in attendance at not just NASCAR. NASCAR, if you looked at uh, uh, you know some of the biggest races over the last two months, their their attendance is down as much as fifty percent. Major League Baseball is going through the same kind of renaissance, if you will, in a negative way. Uh, tons of seats available in the stands to watch these, you know, some would say classic matchups with some of the best teams in the country. Um, I, I, I wonder if if our if our sport was perhaps a forerunner, if you will, of, uh, of, of and a harbinger of things to come. I, I would say so. I mean, honestly, it's the best racing I've seen in my entire career across all the classes. It's the most competitive, it's the most interesting, best stories. Um, are the paychecks there and the big fancy buses? No, but the racing at the heart of it is better than it's ever been. Um, Which is where it all started. Yeah. Which is where it all started. I mean, mm -hmm. that's why I'm there. I love it. Like this, this is what I wanted to do with my life, and I'm gonna keep doing it. I don't care. I mean, that was a different lifetime ago, almost. You know, when you talk about the glory days in Jordan. They you know, said in the press conference the last time I won a race, a pro race was 11 years ago. <laughs> wow. You know, wow! How fast did that go? That's by? amazing. Yeah, doesn't feel like that long, does it? No, it doesn't, man. It, it flies by. But, you know, maybe it'll change. You know, maybe, I, mean, I don't know anyone that flies drones professionally, but apparently those dudes make more money than we do. <laughs> I know. it's uh, There's there's video game sponsorships now for guys, too. So it's... Yeah, so there's value somewhere. What? Maybe it's more about how people see it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe motorcycle racing will come back because it'll be extremely popular to watch on demand. Well, and... Well. And it seems, uh, I mean, looking at it, at it as a whole, what's happening right now, we have huge classes in the Liquamali Junior Cup. You know, you've got young guys, and it's 
arguably much more affordable racing similarly in the twins class and the field has grown um you know back in the day that's how you you they grew racing was have a whole bunch of guys at the at the lower levels and the cream always rises and i mean you have to have a large base to have something at the top right it's just makes sense any racing organization has to recognize the value in amateur racing any professional series has to have the has to value the the organizations and the racetracks that are feeding these guys and and sure none of us are going to become a jeff may or none of us are going to be that guy that 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 makes a, a career in racing motorcycles maybe one in a million you know but you have to recognize that that's where your fan base is you there's Otherwise, I can watch it on TV or the internet, and I don't need to go to these races and and smell the race fuel and and feel it. And 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 racing is, it ain't just motorcycles. We beat this drum a hundred times. It ain't just motorcycle racing that's dying. It's racing in general. And the, the we have to recognize that the, the the club racing and and kids on on mini bikes and and all that stuff has way more value than than uh anything when it comes to fan base down the road would you agree or disagree jeff i agree 100 percent, man i'm i'm a product of it um i grew up at the racetrack watching my dad race cars and it was the smell and the sound and just you know horsepower and the smell of hot rubber adrenaline man i want to i want to do that you know it was like a drug i was attracted to it but it was a positive thing you know, instead of me going down the path of doing drugs and partying and doing all that, I got into racing and I turned it into a career and a life. Yeah. Um, but it still gets me, you know. Uh, you know, we're all of that generation that, you know, you hear an engine fire up. Like, you know, doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is. And, you know, anything with a loud exhaust, a V8, or a proper race engine, you're like, whoa, what's that? You, you want to see it. Um, I think we're missing that with the new generation of kids coming up. And, one of the things I want to touch on that you're saying is that, okay, yeah, you see the liquid molly grid and you see everything with Moto America is going in a very positive direction. What you're not seeing, what I still see is that I've been going to Wira races and CCS as a races for the last four or five years. I didn't stop racing. Um, I probably race actually more that I wasn't in pro racing because it's cheap and I could go do it a lot. But those series are all struggling and it's almost like they're dying in front of our eyes because you go watch one of the uh, super, you know, like the extra lightweight class, whatever would be equivalent to the liquid Molly, and you see maybe three or four kids. Yeah, E super stock or a bunch of old guys. You know, that's also they who races it. that. They do like one ser- one year as a novice, get their feet wet, and then they, as soon as they turn sixteen, they go straight into Moto America. And then a lot of the older dudes or the other guys, they're in the twins class. They used to race all over the country in club races. Now they're like part of Moto America, and there's money involved, and it's cheap to do it. They're all flocking to that. So that's now only has two or three dudes on the grid as well in the club racing. So it's not that there's more people doing it. Moto America is just doing a better job of it. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, but that's also and I would agree with you. Where are you going to pull from? You know, Where is the next generation coming from? No, I would I would totally agree with you. I hadn't put uh, the two and two together there, Jeff, but you're absolutely right. Uh, as a former wearer racer and follower of the the 
lightweight class, that'd be the the 650s, the FCO 7s, that class, uh, I think you're absolutely correct. Wera has, has paid, the, paid the toll in its race uh, attendance for Moto America, and not just them, like you said, CCS and Azra as well. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing that. I mean, maybe we're seeing um, kind of a one-stop shop for road racing in the United States. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely see it suffering at the weir level, and not a lot of guys are coming into racing. Um, I've seen a lot of guys coming back to racing. You know, that's that's another interesting side. You see a lot of guys that left in that housing demise back in you know 08, 09, and you know, they went off and found other jobs, other careers, got their life straight, and I'm seeing a lot of them come back, which is pretty cool to see guys that used to race actually coming back to the sport, getting back into it. We're what, seeing a lot of, uh, in, in off-road and motocross, we're seeing some of similar things, and I think it's because the, and we've said this a hundred times too, but the price of motorcycles is really, you know, it's it's 10, 12 grand for a, for a competitive motocross bike that's, that's new right. and and uh there's you know me owning a motocross facility i can tell you that there it, for whatever reason it's not acceptable as acceptable to ride an older bike in motocross than it is in off-road and i'm talking like hair scrambles woods racing that kind of thing you see a lot more of it in that and so at my racetrack at, at the level that we are as a, an amateur facility um my races that i have you know, qualifiers for Loretta Lynn's or the Justin Brayton shootout, that kind of thing. Those do well, but the regular, you know, hey, we're having a race this weekend, local race, whatever, they struggle because people are leveraged and they have to, they're not racing every single weekend because it's too expensive. And so what you're finding is motocross facilities are shutting down and they're becoming fewer and fewer nationwide and what you're going to see from that it's like farmers the the bigger farmers are going to survive and they're going to get bigger and the smaller farmers are just they don't exist anymore and and so it's i i think it's very similar to that in those regards and and so that's a great observation and so what's going to happen is is i believe that they are the uh the premier motocross series whether it be MX Sports with the Loretta Lens or or any of these others, they're going to find that their attendance, they're going to struggle to get their attendance to, to, to continue to get their attendance because there's not these kids that are out there in the back of their truck like there used to be because they can't afford it. There's no The 18 to 24-year-old motocross racer is pretty much non-existent. Thing of the past, yeah. yeah. Unless, uh, unless their folks are... all of them. <laughs> that well, usually, yeah, it's true across the it's true across the disciplines, all right. Oh, I'm seeing it. It's like the the mini bike thing is still pretty hot for the most part. The, the parents are, you know, they're they're keeping their kids racing, and then when their kid gets a little older, like, all right, kid, you're gonna have to start paying for your stuff. <laughs> then they come back to it, or it's guys like me. I'm a dinosaur. I'm 41. Yeah, I raced five cl- classes last week, 58 laps. That nobody does that, but I just want to race my dirt bike, you know, and and so. Th- that now I can afford to ride motorcycles, you know, and, and my class is thriving. The plus 40, plus 30 class, plus 50 class, which didn't even exist before we've created a class for it. That's doing well. And and so there's this this lull in between the mini bikes and the, the big bikes. So we're seeing that in in off-road too. And, and, and off-road is, they're still doing good in off-road, I think, for the most part. Like the GNCC series, they're still getting good turnouts, but I know 
there's areas of this country that that uh, are exactly like the road racing that you're saying, Jeff. That it's there's uh, we're we're really lacking in numbers, and but I don't think it's unique to motorcycles. I really don't. I travel a bunch. I go racing a bunch, Jeff, and I, you know I always being a promoter or a half-ass promoter, I should say, because I just because you own a racetrack don't make you a promoter, but I do like, you know, and being a racer myself, I go by I go by race car tracks all the time, and, and they're they're weeded up, yep. and the bleachers are sitting out, and I'm like, man, I could use those bleachers, or that would be such a cool place to hold a race. Car racing's dying, too. It isn't, and I don't think, I think it's a generational thing. I don't think it's, it's anything it's to do with us. Thing, though, like, I think one thing right now that's, coming into a golden era which is booming is the imsa guys uh, the, the what guys imsa which used to be the america lamont series and oh. Grand they murdered sports car sure sports cars sports cars are absolutely booming but it's what you just said it's the 41 year olds it's 35 year olds it's the guys with money can finally go buy that porsche or the corvette go race it yeah but how many people can actually afford to do that and build the the garage mahals on those race courses like uh, uh you know over in in joliet uh joliet Illinois. autobahn yeah, that's my buddy's I think place there's a lot more than you yeah really, really think. Yep. no man just because I, I i coached at the porsche experience center for two years when i was getting my mortgage business going and the cars and it blew my mind how many people have that kind of money and how many levels there are. Like if you look at the road racing side of motorcycles, you have track days, then guys go from track days to club racing, from club racing to pro racing to the world level. And if you look at road racing cars right now, they're hitting that golden era that we had in the 08, you know, 05, 06, 07, 08 with cars where there's factory drivers, they're getting paid. Yeah, NASCARs, you know, they're struggling, but those that is not. And there's there's so I mean, the, I know a lot of my friends from the Porsche are, are coaches and the coaches are even making a bunch of money now coaching these guys with right. these nice cars. And they have track days up at Road Atlanta, another track by me is Atlanta Motorsports Park. They're chock full of track days for cars and they're full. There's so many track day organizations. So it it's kinda weird. You know that, but you feel safe in a car, right? The perception of well, being injured is you're in a cage. Smaller. You're in a cage. It's fun. It's expensive. It's exclusive. Um, there's a lot of things going for it. Jeff, do you think there's some truth have. though to to the idea that um, you know one of the, one of the reasons, and I've heard this bannered around on different shows besides ours, uh, in terms of NASCAR, for example. Do you think that NASCAR is guilty of ignoring their base? I think they've beaten that dead horse so many different ways that it's just not even interesting anymore. That's just my personal opinion. Wow. You know, growing up watching NASCAR in the South, and my uncle raced late models, and it's it, it, it's they, they, they've genetically modified it, if you will, to the point where it's like, what is this? I don't even know what it is. Fo- follow the leader is what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I announced, I announced car races for a long time. And it's always the same guys, one, two, three, four. And then a guy comes in from Nebraska or Illinois and disrupts the thing. And then he leaves because he's not getting paid enough money to win the dang thing. 
So I think that's probably true in, in motorcycle racing as well, no matter the discipline. But, Jeff, up against the clock, my brother, it's always good to talk to you. Um, I know that you still have some personal and private sponsors. Who would those guys be? Yeah, I mean, definitely got to thank Ameris Bank for keeping me out there racing, Dunlop Tires, and I think 1X Suits, Arai Helmets, SBS Brakes, um, Evil Tech, Rear Sets, Handlebars, and Motion Pro. What's the uh, interest rate right now, average mortgage? Man, it's been dropping. We hit 4% on a 30-year fix as national average. We, you know, you've got some guys who are a little bit less and some that are a little bit more, but it's it's come down almost a full percent. Isn't that amazing? Over the last seven months. Are yeah. you guys happy with the state of the economy? Uh, correct uh, right now. Uh, for the real estate and the mortgage business, it's absolutely on fire right now mm-hmm. because we're in a refinance market and a purchase market. So it's um, it, it's busy. Are you refinancing it's out of busy. state as well, in there or nationally or? Uh, absolutely. So with Ameris Bank, I'm a national lender. Okay. in Fifty states. Okay, and and if a guy wants to get a hold of you, how does how does he do that? Uh, one of the easiest ways is just Jeff May on my Facebook page, or um, you can reach me at Jeff May at AmerisBank dot com. Jeff May at AmerisBank dot com. Jeff, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, it's thing thing about Jeff May, guys, is that he's always told it like it is that's a great conversation to have really because we covered a lot of ground and we got a bunch more racing out of him too so look forward to the rest of the season from you jeff <laughs> oh about that i'm just excited i got my credit score over 300 finally and what? I'm, I'm gonna call jeff and see yeah, what he can do get you some bubble gum buddy <laughs> well i think you could get refinanced at a much lower rate but also take all of your debt and put it all into one thing and then write that that bad boy off how about that just bankruptcy no, oh. second mortgage. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> tie, tie all the paperwork to one of them fancy bottle rockets. You and if you're really smart, I'll give idea. you I'll give you a reverse mortgage. How about that? You don't have to pay me anymore. I'll just take your property when you die. Wow. How are you feeling? <laughs> all right, stay tuned. More pit pass around the corner. We probably will not talk mortgages in our next interview. Probably. We're not sure. Jack is saying no. He's thing he's giving us thumbs down. But uh, we hope you do tune in and uh, join us as we welcome our next guest, Bryce Prince, scheduled. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.